Welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I'm your host. Bring you interviews with makers, artists, designers of all kinds from all over the world that identify as female, non-binary, or transgender. Uh, this week's guest is the Leah Hotelling. Uh, Leah is a woodworking, and uh, Leah says. Uh, my woodworking and art have always grown out of functional needs combined with my desire to be in motion. Each piece I create explores the natural lines and contours of the wood, allowing it to come alive with textures, lines, colors, and shadows. I use sustainably harvested local wood and non-toxic finishes to make art and custom furniture for homes and businesses. And she's not currently accepting any commissions. Um, because she is so busy filling her online store. Uh, I can't imagine any of you listening have, have never heard of Leah or are not following Leah because she is kind of a uh, rising star right now uh, with her videos, not only just showing woodworking, um, but her voiceovers. And she's just simply delightful. I know all of you will agree with that. So... I was so excited to get to chat with her and now I'm a little sad um, because at the end we suggest something for the podcast and it would be fun to do that maybe sometime in the future we'll get a chance to do that all right so let's head on into the conversation with Leah I like to start by asking my guests to introduce themselves so would you do that for me sure my name is Leah Hotelian and I'm a woodworker there you go. Uh, can you share your pronouns? Oh, um, I'm very flexible. She, her, they, them. I like all four of those. Okay. They're wonderful. All right. I wish the more of the world actually just kind of got rid of gender personally. Can you imagine? I know. I know it's like a hot spot for some people. What I think the people it's a hot spot for, um, you you probably don't sit and choose like mine. <laughs> And if we got rid of pronouns, can you imagine? I know. Gender, I I love the way the future looks with that, personally. It's just- No, I, I, totally, I totally agree. And I see that happening with my kiddos. Like, right. they're, my oldest turns 10, will be turning 10 in June. And just like the way, you know, he, he talks with his classmates and stuff, I think that's like, where things are going or at least getting to a point of stopping genderizing objects so that right? it's no longer like you know this colors this gender or this toy is this gender or yeah. all of that stuff which i think is fantastic i mean that's the way my wife and i have worked we've worked hard to raise our kids that way right. you know and to and to never think like oh you want to wear high heels you go wear high heels because yeah, it's a piece. It's an article of clothing. It has nothing to do with gender. It's what right. makes you feel good about yourself, you know. So it's, Absolutely. and I and I am hopeful of the future 
with how he and his friends talk about stuff just like yeah that that's coming and I think that will free so many people and yeah I wish I wish the people who are scared of that could just pause and take a second to grasp that concept of how free that is I said I was thinking the other day like I witnessed a few adult people kind of come out you know as as different genders than what they were raised as and watching them after they come out and come into their own is the most beautiful thing I have right. ever seen in my life yeah like queer and gender um freedom like I just liberation there's nothing like it in the world and I wish people could just pause and watch and right they would be amazed I know. like how beautiful that is <laughs> yeah I think most people are good people and if they saw the joy that somebody yeah. was like look I want to be they them they mm -hmm. would say cool yeah that's totally mm -hmm. fine it shouldn't it shouldn't yeah. affect anybody because man we are losing so many people I know because of uh just a lot of hate that's spewed out over a pronoun. Come on, people. We have so I many things to worry about. I know. <laughs> you have neighbors on your street that probably uh, can't eat three square meals yeah. a day. And we're worried about pronouns. Um, and yeah. we're going to get it together. But I, I, I think I, I love this younger generation. These kids mm -hmm. are just like, they're, they're, they're allowed to be expansive which that's what we yeah. should do and let them figure it out. And if we need to get rid of gender, the world's not going to cave in. Actually, it's going to be a yeah. better place. It's going to be more inclusive. <laughs> Maybe we'll all get paid the same amount of money. <laughs> Looking for our 30% people. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. Um, so that was an, I, I enjoy that we went on that tangent first, but... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, to get back in, because you mentioned before we started recording, so you get you get to live the dream that most people, I think, doing a hustle on social media are trying to do, which is do woodworking or do the thing that they love for a living. Yeah. So, like, how how'd you get there? Like, has how long have you been there? What's the journey <laughs> of? Yeah. Leah. I have no clue how I got here. I just know that people people always want to know oh, how do you do it? There's you're never gonna know. I think as long as a computer is deciding what's trending and what's not, that we'll never be able to package it up and be like, this is how you can do it. Uh we're we're not gonna be able to do that. It's just something went viral um in January for me. But just in January. Because I've been here for a long time putting silly videos up, basically coming out of the room laughing like I do, like, <laughs> look what I did, babe. And I show Amelia and she's like, Jesus, Leah, I'm trying to drink my coffee. Right. <laughs> and now, now I'm like, babe, I made a video. And she's like, can I see it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hold it, babe. So uh, I don't know how it happened. It was just one video, two videos actually that went viral. And they were just silly videos. One was me making coasters of, um, I wanted to make them of a bull. And it ended up that I carved it all out and it looked like a pig. 
and I thought it was really cute. In fact, it's up here somewhere. Here it is. Here he is. There he is. Yeah. And it comes apart. Right? And there's a bunch nice. of pictures in there. And for some reason, that hit something like 700,000 views. It just started to explode. And then I did, an, uh, I think it was one previous, and this was on Facebook first. It was a spreader, which is just basically like a knife with yeah. a really pliable piece of metal on it that had this gross rubber, rubber handle. And I just wanted to replace the handle. Literally for like a woodworker who has any knowledge of woodworking that takes you about five minutes. That's it to do. I was like, this is yeah. that one went like 1 million. And then that was it. It just kept going and going and going. And I was like, Oh no. And what happened is I was making birds because I do a lot of these carved birds for a local mm -hmm. gallery downtown that has my stuff. I'm close to Ithaca, New York. And uh, I, I was being silly. I just didn't realize what was going to happen. I put the video up of me making them. And Amelia said, do you know what you've just done? Because then I only had like about 30,000 followers. Yeah. Like what? And she was like, they're going to want them. And I'm really naive in some weird ways, like a kid. In other ways, I'm incredibly cynical. But I was like, no. Uh, and it was yes. So uh, that week, I think I sold like 100. And then it just kept going. Wow. So I was like, so guess what? That gallery doesn't have my birds anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> And people all over the place too. And I was like, wow, I'm just making birds. How do I feel about that? Yeah. I feel okay about that. <laughs> Before, I mean, have you been full time woodworker for a while? Yes. We we owned um a cocktail lounge. It was very popular for like eleven years downtown. And then we opened uh, a bakery and a brewery. <laughs> We're multi-tools, basically. So I started brewing beer professionally, and Amelia started baking professionally. And then what happened is I got cancer. <laughs> I got breast cancer, which kind of, it changed things. It was like, wait, life's short. Do we want to be in the service industry anymore? And we decided we didn't. So then Amelia, three years ago, she um, is a therapist. So she was like, well, I can just start a private practice and she did and immediately filled up and I just started full-time wood woodworking just with clients I was making big pieces of furniture for like mm -hmm. three years but it wasn't you know making furniture it's not like I had a ton of work but I had enough mm -hmm. to get us through because I was married to a therapist so right <laughs> she carried us for three years but then this just exploded so now She's actually cutting back her practice to join okay. to help me out. So it's been a, a whirlwind and it's exciting mm -hmm. and it's stressful, but it's great. All in all, it's fantastic. It's a lot of work. A lot of people ask yeah. me, that. what's your day like, Leah? And I'm like, well, wow. <laughs> I dream all night about what video I'm going to make. <laughs> But it's have fun. you ventured in at all with with the kind of you know rise right now? Have you ventured into getting paid for content? 
in addition to selling product? Uh, I'm I'm starting to. Okay. I'm, I'm just starting to, and I'm like, how far in do I want to go with this? Do I yeah. want? To and I'm definitely gonna start doing some long form videos on YouTube because a lot of people want that. I mean, people want me actually to read books to them, which mm -hmm. is great. I'll read you a book, sure. Why not? I mean, I love <laughs> the followers yeah. are fantastic. This community, it reminds me very much of when we opened this bar downtown that was incredibly inclusive to everybody except assholes. It was the mm -hmm. whole thing. It was just like it's two gay women who are running it. So we had a huge gay following. We had a huge straight following. It was like the every place bar. So the segue into this, <laughs> what the segue is. So when this started to explode, it was very familiar to me of like, oh, there's a bunch of people who are completely different that are now coming together on my page. And it feels really familiar to when we opened that bar and all these people would come in and you just felt like a big family and you felt safe. Yeah. And like anything goes and you're not going to get judged unless you're an asshole. An yeah. asshole needs to get judged. So, and I'm an asshole sometimes, so judge me <laughs> no I definitely and I feel like I don't think I started following you until after you blew up which like makes me sad because I'm like why did I not know about you beforehand um, you had no reason to I mean there's millions and millions of us out there so that we don't yeah. find each other it's just like we're not gonna find each other sometimes that's all I know but I trust me, I am like very good with my Instagram search game. That's why I say like I'm shocked I did not find you beforehand. Yeah, I like how you do relate it to like being a family. Um, you know, again, like I mentioned before recording, that's been the saddest part for me when like my engagement dropped. I I too think I was probably shadow banned for something. Who knows? Um but it was like I lost kind of like this friend group and at least for right. me and during this part of my life like I just went you know this is my first year of grad school and like that has thrown my world topsy-turvy and now I spend my days in a place that is set I feel like they have this goal in mind to make everybody feel like you don't know anything about anything um ah. <laughs> and so what are you going for? i'm going for um 3d design and mfa and 3d design wow. um so i mean i'm learning all kinds of new stuff constantly which i love but it's all i'm all back at like the starting level i'm not i'm no longer an expert in anything right um which sounds very egotistical for me to say but it's not just about an ego thing it's just about a uh, feeling valuable to a community of like being able to speak up and be like try this or try that you know be based on my experience type thing i love helping other people and like right. watching them spark on an idea and take off with it and so losing kind of that feeling for a year and it lined up with like losing engagement and the people I consider my friends, like seeing my stuff. It was like all a cul culmination of just like, this does not feel good. 
I need right. to, like, I need a, I want engagement just so that I can feel like I'm useful again within this like world of creating. Of yeah. You, you know, because yeah. um, I think that is the high to me. It's not about followers or whatever. It's about like truly helping somebody or when you get those messages of like, I've been watching you for a while and now I'm going to try power carving. Like you inspired me to do that. And I'm like, yes, like that feels amazing. Every oh single God, time yeah. that. Yeah, so absolutely. I want more of that <laughs> in yeah. Instagram. And right. I'm hoping some of the changes they've announced lately will get us back to kind of that core community, the group that feels like a community. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's having that self-worth through social media, I had no idea that it was a thing. Like, I kind of made fun. I didn't kind of. I made fun of, like, oh, influencers. What the hell do they do? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, shit bag. I'm an influencer. What do I do with that? It's a big responsibility. Yeah. It's a it's a big yeah. responsibility. And I, but I can't say I put a ton of thought into it either because... I think a lot of people get that I am what you see is what you get. It's like yeah. when I make a video, it is done in two takes or less. It's like yeah. I'm not going to screw around because yeah. it's real. And if I'm not real, it's just like, I don't think there's a lot of real people. I, I know there are a lot of real people, yeah. but I think a lot of people try to force it with, um, with social media. You can't just be yourself. I think people are really... We're hungry for that. We're hungry for a connection with yeah. people. And whether it's just like, oh my God, look at this box of wood. That's me opening the box of wood. And that really is how excited I am about it. Yeah. I'm a kid. Amelia has said that forever. She's like, I don't know if I'm lucky or I'm cursed that I'm married to like a woman who's just like half like a 12 year old boy and half like a mechanic and half a woodworker and a cook. But most of the time, I think she loves it. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm the person who's like, why is the sky blue? Wait, why is the sky blue? Is it the water? Is it the reflection? What is it? Yeah, that's me. That's me all. That's that's me when I wake up in the morning. And Amelia's just like, shh, yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, babe, I have an idea. <laughs> I'm on Amelia's side. You don't talk to me unless I've had a cup of coffee. You just don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm dangerous in the mornings. I'm just like. <laughs> um I think you know what I feel like as someone who thought I was the same way like even though I was trying to be an influencer at a low like follower count or whatever like I thought the same thing about the big influencers for a long time of like man they seem to like really kind of try to cater to the trends and you know, I just want to be myself. But then when it happens so quickly, and I'm curious if you feel the same way, like you've said a few times, it's a big responsibility. And it's like, I felt that. And then I was like, well, I need to come up with something that they want to see. Like, that's my role now. Right. And so then you get like, or at least I did, I got in my head about it and like always trying to chase the what do they want from me type thing instead right. of doing the formula that got me there which is I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I want to do and the people who enjoy that are gonna find yeah. me like that's just the way it is oh yeah, you yeah. Know? So, I think, yeah 
I think there's a balance of, for me, it feels like there's a balance of, hey, I'm going to make this today, or hey, I'm going to talk about breast cancer today, or look what I screwed up. It's just like all those things. So usually I don't even plan my videos. I'll just go out into the shop in the morning. Like, like they're not like, I don't plan them out like days in advance. They're like that day. So I'll get up in the morning and be like, I'm going to go out in the shop and just make a video. And usually I'm going to say 95% of the time, I think I am seriously just like laughing when I'm like making my videos. And the 5% of the time I'm like, all right, this is okay. Or it was just really serious. I never, I'm never really trying to be that goofy. This is just me. Yeah. Just like, so for me, it's kind of not a lot of work. And I, I think for a lot of people, it is. I think you put a lot of pressure on yourself to be like, mm -hmm. oh, I need to be better than I was yesterday. And for me, I think this is all from um, opening a business too. It's like when Amelia and I opened a business years ago, we were like, okay, we're opening this business. She had zero experience in the um, service industry. I had some. And we decided we need, we're going to redefine the word success because we always want to run to that word failure when something doesn't work out the way yeah. we expected it to. So we're like, you know what success is? Success is merely trying your best at doing something. And then when you take the word failure out, it's fantastic. It's very freeing to do that, to be like, oh, I'm going to make a video. Oh, well, I've never made this video before. <laughs> It's probably right. going to be okay. And if it's not, I made the video anyhow. Right? Mm -hmm. It's just like, I think a lot of people are way too interested and committed to like the outcome. The outcome needs to be this exactly. It yeah. doesn't. You need, you need to enjoy the process and kind of respect the process. And I do that a lot. I think I've done that from the beginning with woodworking. Just like, I'm going to say it's similar to woodworking. I mean, right? Yeah, I a lot in woodworking. Well, I don't so much anymore. I'm wicked dyslexic. Then I'm even able to woodwork is amazing. So when people, one of the big questions I get is, can you teach? And I'm like, seriously, my brain is backward ass. So you'd probably, yeah, I could teach, but you might be missing a few fingers by the time you're done. Do you want to sign up? Here you go. Right? <laughs> I don't know if I could teach because how I do things is really in a, in a really strange way is the best way. I couldn't even describe how I make things because my brain is just, it's bizarrely dyslexic and backwards. Which is, in case you weren't aware, you know, I have the privilege of having interviewed so many people for this podcast that I feel very confident in saying that most makers and woodworkers are either dyslexic and ADHD or at least one of the two yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> Amelia, Amelia my therapist wife says I definitely have some ADHD too I'm not on the person I'm like I'm gonna make all these things right now and I'm like shaking yeah, all yeah. the words and something in my head goes yeah but you need to go over to your workbench and look at blah I'm like no you need to look no and I'm like no. fuck it I'm going over to my workbench to look at blah I give in <laughs> Yeah, that's me. I'm like, look, a baby dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely have that. Yeah. Um I've yeah, I feel like I've never been diagnosed, but uh 
more than likely my youngest has it. And as I've been like working on learning more and more um, and, you know, at least for now, she had identifies as female and the signs are completely different um, than what we grew up knowing about like boys have ADHD and this is what they do. Right. Um, so I've just been like reading just so I can feel engaged and understanding and you know why things like why she might do something a certain way or whatever and the more I read I'm like god damn it <laughs> right I have to think like what artist isn't going to be ADHD yeah. <laughs> I mean, if we're crazy we're, we got a little yeah. bit of craze going on but we can use that to our advantage just like dyslexia just like I have totally used that to my advantage of I look at a problem in a, in a totally different way than most people. Yep. But I think we all do that. If you put six of us in a room, we're all going to think of a problem slightly differently. But mm -hmm. give us give us time and we're all going to be able to figure it out. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. So I really want to ask more questions about like the bar, just cause I gotta know, like, yeah, go ahead. Did you, did you both set, like, did you set out to be a gay bar or to be a neighborhood bar or like, what's okay. the story there? I want to know. So the story is, so Ithaca, New York is an incredibly wonderful place and very inclusive. And at the time, oh goodness, I think it was 2006. 2004 um we were I, I'm always I was always trying to suck Amelia into some weird idea I had and one day we were on our way to go on a trip to Maine and we stopped at the local coffee place gimme coffee and there was a and we got our coffees and there was this place for rent right next door and the no smoking in New York law just passed which was great love that in like establishments so she came out with a coffee and I was like this, looking in the glass. I'm like, babe, I've got an idea. And she was like, what? I'm like, we should open a bar. And she was like, she was a therapist at Cornell. And she was like, what the hell are you talking about? But then we were going to Maine. So I had eight hours in the car to beat her down on my <laughs> idea. So <laughs> I came up with like, this is how it's going to look on the inside. And by the time we got to Maine, she was like, let's do it and we filled this sorry i just pushed something out of my oh, work we filled this niche in ithaca that i had no idea that we really needed and it really was our living room so oh. um the big thing we always said to people because the first interview we had oh hello child <laughs> <laughs> the very first interview the guy was just like so is this gonna be a lesbian bar and i'll tell you that stuff it does it pisses me off when two straight people want to open a bar is your first question hey is that gonna be a straight bar or is it gonna be a lesbian bar straighties huh? <laughs> no one asks that but they feel like they can ask us this stuff and I just think that's, yeah. Don't ask us those questions. Those are really stupid. Anyhow, um, we opened the bar and that's what we basically said. We said, um, we want to be an everyone bar. 
don't mm-hmm. try to classify us as a gay bar. Let's have everybody come together except assholes. And mm-hmm. that's what happened. So what would happen is like happy hour was all the lesbians, right? <laughs> so then after happy hour would be, well, it would be a lot of families too. A bunch of families would be in there. We'd have old time music, which is, it, it's a lot like bluegrass music. And then at nighttime, all the college kids would come out. And then like around 10 o'clock, all the gay men would come in. So it's just like everyone streamed through our doors. And it was beautiful. I remember about two months in, because we're like, it's going to be Felicia's Atomic Lounge is the name of it. And we walked in and we just looked at everyone and we're like, oh, we were making something, but we weren't. They made something. These people that inhabit the bar made this amazing community that it was it was beautiful. I mean, we saw people get married, have kids. Mm-hmm. We just saw somebody actually yesterday, we were out and about somewhere and a couple came in and they're like, oh my God, it's Leah and Amelia. <laughs> like we wouldn't be married if it wasn't for you guys. And we're like, oh, <laughs> that's beautiful. I love that. It was It was amazing. And it was also a gigantic responsibility because alcohol is a drug, right? Mm -hmm. So alcohol does not bring out the best in people. So when we were done, that's kind of the big reason of just like, okay, do we want to be in our forties in our late forties and doing this and serving? And we decided we didn't, we didn't want to do it. It's like, we loved what we did and we needed to move on, but it was, a fantastic experience at the time i would say for a good 10 years we felt like we were like the mayors of ithaca <laughs> because no matter what where we would go it would be like where's leah and amelia and we we're like oh my god we're just bartenders we swear but we, we were making a huge difference and right at, at the time we didn't know how necessary a space like that was but it was really really yeah. necessary so it was wonderful. That's awesome. I do want to point out too, to anybody who would ever ask if a place is going to be a lesbian bar, lesbians don't go to bars. Once they couple right. up, they go home and nest. They don't go out anymore. So, <laughs> right? Yes. That is not a successful business plan ever. Oh my God, no. And there would be so much drama. Let's face it. Exactly. Right? And there was, there was a lot of, there was a lot of drama. But we were, sure. a, we were in a college town too. So we had like a great market yeah. of people. It was, it was just great. We had a great time. That's awesome. And do you feel like now, like, like you mentioned, you feel like kind of social media is that same feeling. Do you feel like it's going to continue to make not only like, your social media presence but also like your woodworking whatever it's going to be like do you feel like it's it's community generated more than uh solely yeah oh my god yeah yeah definitely it's great because i feel the same way about like interaction with people there's still uh, people dm me and and they're shocked that i write back and i think (laughs) i always compare social media to it's just like Social media is, I'm having a house party and I invite you. You show up to the house party and I don't even look at you or speak to you. 
That's yeah. fucked up. No. Yeah. Just can't leave that party. When somebody does that, people leave the party. Leave yeah. the party. So for me, it's just like, oh, hey, how are you? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, somebody was just DMing me from another country about some like screen that they needed to have it was a privacy screen and i think she's a dj or they i think they're a dj mm-hmm. and uh i was like how can i make it so it's stable and i wrote back and forth for them with them for a while now mm-hmm. oh my god thank you and i'll get yeah. messages like all the time and i will 90 percent of the time i'm going to write back because it's usually a question there's yeah. an older gentleman in england that he like sends me pictures of the things he makes and we like write back and forth. <laughs> In fact, I think he just tried to like have a have a phone call with me on Instagram. I didn't even know that was possible. But I looked and I was like, I missed a phone call from this gentleman. Amelia was like, call him back. <laughs> and then I looked and I'm like, yeah, but it's like two in the morning over there. I'm not going to. Yeah, I take I take my account I I think pretty seriously and the interactions, and I see myself as um like slightly a mediator if I needed to be, but I've never had to be a mediator. I'm just like, uh, what am I? I'm the bridge. Mm-hmm. So there's all these people who are making these connections, and we're all having like a really good time on social media from the comforts and the safeness of our homes. Mm-hmm. kind of cool and I think if I gathered all these people together I think they'd all like each other I think we'd all get along if all 115,000 of us got together in Wembley Stadium wouldn't that be awesome that would be awesome have a concert. I, know that's, I know that's definitely the feeling like we all get like when we go to like you know maker or woodworking conferences and that are full of influencers you know people we've all been following on just on social media never met in person like it always feels like you're just meeting your friend because you've already grown this relationship with each other exactly yeah because we're all just we're all just people yeah (laughs) i think some people forget that of just like i'm i can be a jerk just like everyone else you don't want to be in a car with me because I'd probably scare you. Because I'm like, Jesus Christ, there's people on the road. Who are these people? And why are they getting in my way? Right? So we, uh, you know, we're all human. Yeah. We're That's all human. right. And yeah, we're I was all complicated asked, beings. <laughs> yes, we are, aren't we? I was asked early on if I was going to one of the makers. Um, was it MakerCon or whatever it was? The one in Atlanta. MarkBenchCon. Yeah. Mark and I was like, yeah. No, but I have a feeling I might be there next year, but I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what do you do with those things? What do you do? Um, well, they always have like little workshops, you know, um, that are that are now they've they've been doing a better job over the recent years of like incorporating workshops that are about like making, you know, so like I've done a power carving workshop there and stuff like that. So like you can at least get a taste of something you haven't tried before. Um, But then they also have a lot of um, workshops about being like an influencer and how, you know, how to work with brand sponsorship or how to do affiliate links, if that's what you want to do or whatever. Like there's, 
you know there's even ones on like how to get better footage for like youtube and stuff because that's really what it what started it was like youtube influencers um so that's like the bay part of it but honestly truthfully 99 percent of the people who go go for all the stuff that happens after the workshop which is (laughs) hanging down in the lobby of the hotel and it's like I liken it to like, we all go back to like freshman, sophomore year of college. So lots of alcohol, lots of talking, staying up super late. Uh, There's always a little drama. Of course. There's there's like, you know, all of that stuff. Um, But it's just, it's like, yeah, it's, you know, some most, like I have a good friend group that it's like, only when I get to go to Atlanta once a year is when I see them in person like that's it so it's definitely like the focus tends to be a much more from the standpoint of the people who go about like how do I spend the most time with the people I want to spend time with there and they may go to like a couple workshops if it piques their interest you know but I feel like that is lower the itinerary than the the socializing yeah yeah, yeah. no I always I've always wondered I'm like okay if I do go to one of those do I just like get a ticket and go or wait or are they gonna like be like hey Leah will you talk and it'd be like hello my name is Leah you could just you can just get a ticket and go because they put out a call for people who want to speak so it's only if you want to do it and get paid I mean and I I, every year, except for the first year, I have gone as somebody who's doing something. And mainly it's because I, that's usually the only way I can afford it is like, cause that, you know, they give you your conference ticket free. If you're a speaker, they usually cover your room. Um, And those two things together are usually like a thousand bucks. So that's, you know, it's well worth it for me. I did not because of grad school um, and I won't probably go the next two years because of grad school, just the the timing. Um, But I definitely had serious FOMO. I was like following everybody's stories and I was like, Oh, I want to be there with my friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, but that's not the only one. Like I'm definitely interested in trying to go to the furniture society one. I haven't been to that one before. Is that a feeling? it's going to be in new orleans this year oh all right yeah hmm. so i'm definitely seeing if i can make that work to go down there um and i feel like that's going to be a totally different vibe um, oh yeah furniture makers it's be a bunch, yeah oh it's yeah. gonna be a bunch of old white guys probably for the most part um yeah, yeah. that's why you gotta go represent maybe i should go too yeah <laughs> <laughs> I probably, I would probably know a lot of these guys because I've read Fine Woodworking probably for 20 years. And I love all those guys, but also, I'm so tired of all you guys. We're the ladies ladies and all the others. Yes. Yes. Because we're here, man, and we're making shit, and it's good. That's right. (laughs) That's right. And I mean, that is what I do, like, give really big credit to for conferences like WorkbenchCon because I've seen 
like the brands and the companies show up to those things. And so then I've seen, you know, like um, Char, the one in Maven, like she's amazing at being a teacher, especially with kids yeah. and teaching woodworking and stuff. And I don't know if she had continued to try to beat down the door of like fine woodworking and stuff like that. I don't know if she ever would have gotten the opportunities no. that she's had just from making connections at Workbench workbench con so i think the maker conferences are opening the doors much more for for everybody who's not just a cishet white dude generally old with a beard <laughs> oh yeah not just them working on my beard yeah on my beard <laughs> yeah, yeah so yeah that makes um, sense it will be it will, it will be a different vibe to go to that but i do feel like I don't know. Just as I'm looking at this is what I want to do for the rest of my life is like be a furniture designer and stuff, then I probably should like network professionally, at least with, you know, groups that maybe can get me into different places than just what the maker community does. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. It's it's always a good idea. I think it's always a good idea to walk into a room and just feel uncomfortable. Which I think you and I are totally used to doing that. Anyhow, it's yeah. like we do that every goddamn day. Yeah. But it's always, for me, I always come away learning something. And I'm really good yeah. at blending in and talking the mm -hmm. talk, even about some stuff that maybe I don't know a tremendous amount about. But mm -hmm. being able to like hold the room, I think is really important. And I think for women... It's, I think exactly what you said. If you're anyone other than straight white male, it's really hard sometimes to like find your place and own the room. And I think, mm -hmm. I think we we hold ourselves back and we go, oh, we don't want to do that. Yes, we do. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with owning the room. There's nothing wrong with speaking your mind, one hundred percent. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And I, I think that that gets that gets pushed down a lot with with people or we just have a lot of insecurity about it but walking into a room and being like screw this i'm gonna take yeah. this room if i need to i don't i don't have to do that that often but i do yeah. know how to do it and i can work a room really 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 well do you feel like that's something i mean owning the bar with your, I don't, is Amelia your wife, your spouse, your partner? I don't know which you prefer. Why, yes. <laughs> All of those things. Yeah, she's my wife. Okay. Um, but, you know, you got, you both own the bar together and then your additional, like, businesses outside of that. Do you feel, was it ever a conscious thing for you to be the boss? No, it just kind of came naturally. I think it came naturally to both of us. I think we both lead in different ways, definitely. Um, and it just kind of came naturally to take the reins. And what worked really well for a business is that we do two different things. Like I'm usually the creative force behind it. Like I would come up with all these crazy cocktails and infusions. Amelia would be doing all, all these behind the scenes stuff to make sure everything happens. So it's just like he did two completely different things. So that's how it worked really well. And we also get along really well. So mm -hmm. 
we've kind of, you know, we've been together for what, 27 years we've been together. Wow. So, Congrats. Uh, thank you. <laughs> um, we know each other well and we know how to yeah. play off of each other's strengths and weaknesses. Like we can compensate for each other's weaknesses really, really well. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. and we, and it was a role that we took really, really seriously, just like I do with um, social media, just like we have to represent, which mm -hmm. means you gotta, you have to be. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it, whatever it is, you have to figure out what you need to be. And for us, it was just like, we need to be pillars for the community. And it wasn't that hard to do because it was just like all these things that we already believed in, you know, equality, <laughs> equality, right. safety, love, happiness, really easy things when you get down to it, you know, <laughs> really simple. I just think I, I asked that question because as, as somebody who has spent the majority of my life working for others and in male dominated fields yeah i know that it was really like it's been really important to me to really strive for this idea to be to have my own business and be the boss even if i'm the only one i employ like because i can create my own safe space i can't trust others to create a safe space for me, nor can I trust that they'll actually listen when I advocate for a safe space for myself or for others. Right. So that's why I asked that question. Like, was it a conscious, you know, thing as in like you get to help create this atmosphere where yeah. not only you can be safe, but others can feel safe within that I, space. I, yeah. I think in the beginning, we didn't know that that is what was happening. But as it started to take, we were like, oh my God, this is what's going on. We are creating this really safe space because we were, we were creating the space that we wanted to be in, that everybody could come in. And it was just like, it was a huge responsibility, definitely. And the more we did it, I think the better we got at it. It was just like, oh, we, we accept everyone here. Mm -hmm. you know, anybody could come in the door, except assholes. Right. <laughs> I've said that a few times. <laughs> Assholes not open. That's right. It got to the yeah. point in a book, you could see people. The minute they walked in the door, we'd be like, oh, red flag at the door. We'd all be behind the bar making something. And we all got good at, like, because we worked like a machine behind the bar. Sometimes there would be five of us behind the bar. We would just, and the bar was only maybe 18 inches yeah. And maybe big people, little people, we'd never touch. We were just doing a dance behind there. Somebody would come in and we'd hear red flag. And we knew just by looking and be like, that person, they need to get the hell out. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. maybe they bubble in. Or, you know, maybe you could you could just feel it. You could just feel yeah. you should not be here. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sorry about yeah. that. I don't belong there. No, no, I think I think. I think that's fair. And I think, I don't know. I, I continue to watch systems work and corporations work yeah. and continue to see just how much fucking harm they do. Uh, 
to not just the people who are like directly impacted, but we're all directly impacted if even if all we do is witness it. Yes. And I'm curious, like when you said you're correct, like you and me, right? We have we have something in our heads, every room that we walk into, every space that we walk into, we yep. have to assess and figure out, you know, for at least for me, my first thing is, am I safe in this space? Um, yep. Like that's number one, <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And number two is, yeah, I'm very good at being a chameleon. I can blend right the fuck in wherever I am. Yes. <laughs> and that's, I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a safety skill. It has nothing to do with, you know, so I'm also right. curious when we're talking about like the typical rooms of kind of like at least woodworking of the past, right? It's, you know, walking in there, what you're going to find. Oh, I'm yeah. curious when you talked about like owning that room. I feel like we probably, you and I probably present very similarly. So do you get talked to like another bro? I sure do. do. Get, yeah. Yep. And, yeah. and and it's shitty because I see a lot of yeah. my counterparts. I see a lot of other people and they don't get talked to like that, but it's definitely how, um, <laughs> the best way to say it is I just whip mine out too. And I'm like, but don't, yep. okay, here I am, <laughs> right? So that's kind of what I do. Yeah. And it works. It 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 works 99% of the time. But I have to like go in with a particular mindset, you know? I can't go in too gentle. Is the best yeah. way to put it. I have to go in with like All right. I'll talk over you if I need to. Yeah. Which I hate doing. I I hate having yeah. to be that person. But yeah, I do have to assess the room. You know, I walk into a room and I'm like, where are the exits? Just in yeah. case. I mean, you probably do that too. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. And a lot of people don't get that because they feel safe. And I mean, I, th I think the fact is no one is really safe until you're not right. safe. And right. I hope everybody is always safe. How many times can I say the word safe? But uh <laughs> I've done that ever since I was a little kid of like, how do I get out of here when something bad happens? You yeah. know, and that's really sad when you think about it. It's just like, there's a bunch of us in the world who walk into a room and we immediately want to know how can we get out when something bad mm -hmm. happens? If we just looked at everybody, like we're all little kids or babies, because we were all babies and little kids. Yes. We wouldn't treat each other like shit like we do. That's for yeah. sure. If there was a kid crying who, guess what, was going to grow up to be, I don't know, uh, gay. Right. A gay man. You would pick that little creature up and be like, I don't want you to cry. Right. right. <laughs> who you are. It could be an awful person for all we know. Right. It could be an right. abuse. We still don't want that person to cry either. We don't. We pick right. up. But at some point, we lose that. We, use, we lose that kid thing that we are all children. We lose that. I just, what, there's Katie. She's just an adult. There's Leah. She's just yeah. an adult. No, we're little dorky kids. Yes. Right? If we just looked at each other like that more. And yeah, that's my naive, that's that's my naive thinking too. Just like, I wish. Not going to happen. I don't think that's naive. I think that's hopeful. Yeah. And to be honest, 
to be honest, I think we need more of that. I know I certainly need more of that. Um, you know, I work really hard to not be hardened by the shit I've seen, you know, felt, lived through, all of that stuff. But it's, yeah, I mean, I, I try to, I've, I'm working very hard to now be not just the chameleon, but to also call somebody out on their shit. Because it's like, I feel like I have the, be, being able to be a chameleon is a privilege because I can work my way into a group and be accepted into a group. And so now I need to use that voice to, you know, I asked specifically and use the word bro specifically for a reason, because I have had several men objectify women as if I was going to do that with them. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like, because that's what I am. I'm just another one of the dudes and this is right? what we do. And but it's the like, silence, no, don't be an we... asshole. Exactly. When that has happened to me, I just go silent. And I let the silence sit and they're like, oh shit, I just said that. Hmm. Yep. And I do, I make serious eye contact yep. too. I'm like, hmm. mm -hmm. yeah. Right. So when, I think when you do that, like we don't engage at all. Yeah. Is, is kind of like the silence speaks so loud. So yep. very loud. And I definitely have the, like, I could kill you with the look of my face. <laughs> People are like, oh, Jesus, watch out for Leah. I will cut you off at the knees. Look my eyes. <laughs> oh, I call it, see, I mean, maybe I shouldn't call it that because I'm pretty sure I had this look before I was a parent, but I call that my mom look, which is oh, like, yeah. I've had other grad students see me in this mode and see that look and they look at, they start typing, they okay, I will not fuck with you. I'm like, exactly. That's right. Mama <laughs> bear. That's mama bear. That's right. <laughs> You wouldn't mess with the mama grizzly bear. Do not nope. mess with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, uh, I keep watching the clock because we're like at the end of our hour, which makes me sad because I feel like we've had a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but in case there's like somebody on this planet who's not following you and doesn't know that you exist, how can they find you on social media? Okay, you can find me Leah Hotelling Woodworking on Instagram. I think Leah Hotelling WW on TikTok. I'm not a huge fan of TikTok. Um, <laughs> it's because it just feels weird. Doesn't TikTok feel? I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm older. I'm sure it's because I'm older. Um, I'm on Facebook. All the older folks are on Facebook, and that's yeah. Leah Hotelling. And oh, I'm on YouTube, Leah Hotelling. Nice. I'm all okay. Leah Hotellings. <laughs> Although YouTube, YouTube is lean, but I really want to get into some uh, some longer, some long form videos by summer. I'm gonna have one a week. Nice. Which is a lot of time. That's an aggressive. That's an aggressive schedule, but I like it. <laughs> oh god you're, you're stressing me out now i feel stressed oh, no, no, no. <laughs> well it depends if you keep your editing style the same with your long content as you do with your short content then you're probably fine because you're not gonna 
have to do a ton of editing, right? That's where, that's why I say that's aggressive is because if you, especially if you, if you film too much, it like, I right? think the, yes. I think the ratio, I think the ratio is like for every minute of video you have, expect something like three to five minutes of editing. So like, if you do the math, you know, if you film a build that takes you four hours or whatever, and you film the whole thing, right. well, that's a lot of editing to get it down, yeah, it is. you know, down to a form that people will stick around for the whole thing. Cause that's, that's the hard part with long form video is you have to keep them. Most people drop off past 30 seconds. So you have to keep the first 30 seconds interesting enough for them to continue to watch the entire thing. So it's a, it's a whole, it's a, it's different. I have no doubt you can do it. Like you said, people want you to just even read books to them. So I have no doubt that your, um, your, what's the, what's the word, your voiceover will, you know, get everybody through for sure. Yeah. Um, since that's what you've been seeing on Instagram, like that trend will, will carry over, but yeah. Um, I'm excited to check it out. How I thought, I know a lot of people want to know, like unedited, how many pauses I have. I do. A, I have a lot of pauses when I talk. I do a lot of like, hmm. <laughs> but I do a lot of laughing too, because I'm always yeah. laughing at myself constantly. I'm in well, my. Shop, I think that's the stuff. Laughing. Yeah, that's the stuff you need to keep in there. I think to your point, like that keeps you real, right? Like that. Yeah. I'm that that keeps you real that's why sometimes i don't know like i like that instagram has allowed stories to become longer because yeah like when i'm just talking in real time i'm not thinking in my head about oh i need to make sure i talk about this or this or this or this or this or this or whatever right like it's in the moment it's how i'm going to talk through this as if you were standing in the room with me so i think Right. That's the big thing is I always, my big thing with YouTube has always been, I get a little like, I don't know, like scripted and I don't want to be scripted. I want to just be like free flow. Right. This is how I talk, <laughs> you know? Yes, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think you will be good. You've got good, uh, you've got good skills as far as uh not just woodworking but also like the voiceovers i mean that definitely like i'm always like oh leah put a new video up i gotta see what she said <laughs> awesome <laughs> yeah um but thanks for chatting today i had a great time um yeah and it, i had to, I, I did start thinking uh, i might pose to my wife she's never been on the podcast with me I might pose to her oh. that there needs to be, um, I don't know if you, if you're a podcast listener or if you've ever listened to Glennon Doyle's podcast with her wife oh, Abby, yeah, and her sister. I'm a lesbian. Come on now. I know. But I love when they do their double date. So I was like, maybe I could get my wife on and we can do like a double date with you and your wife. And oh my I God. think we would have so much That fun. would be awesome. That would be highly entertaining. We got to do that. I know. Yes. You're in. I don't care okay. what our girls say. In too, damn it. They will do what we want. That's right. 
<laughs> okay. Yes. Awesome. All right. So again, that was Leah, and I will go ahead and put links in the description for the show so you can follow along with her. Um, check out her shop too, as well. I um, mean, you can find that just with the description with your episode on whatever podcast app you happen to be listening to. So a reminder, um, we are now down to two more interview um, episodes and then one more solo episode, and that will be it for Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. Um, and it just continues to get more surreal the closer I get. So um, thank you again all for continuing to be on the journey with me. Thank you for those of you who were patrons along the way over the last five years. Thank you to all the companies that took a chance and actually sponsored product um, on the podcast, like Athena Outfitters and Wagner, Spray Tech. Oh my gosh, I know there's more. Uh, Carolina Shoes, I'm trying to think. I know there's more than that, but um, that's what came to mind first. So thank you to all of you companies as well. All right, so be back next week with a brand new uh, episode, the la one of the last three. And in the meantime, I hope you are out there helping to craft a revolution. Solution for the toxic masculinities Pollution is the constant evolution of the